You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Clayton's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 278 host reality steve thank you all for tuning in another great podcast for you today centered around joe millionaire it is annie jorgensen and carolyn moore the two women who were not chosen at the end by steven and kurt and we will get to them momentarily as you know my podcasts come out on thursdays normally but because i'm leaving early tomorrow and i know that the bachelorette men are probably going to get released early Tomorrow morning, I wanted to get this podcast out so I don't have to worry about anything tomorrow morning. And it's got some good stuff in it. It's got some good tea. And it's interesting because if you follow Kurt on Instagram, he posted something on his story yesterday that is actually directly contradicted in today's podcast when I speak with Carolyn. Now, keep this in mind. I recorded with Carolyn on Friday, so it's not like her response in this podcast is in direct relation to what Kurt posted on his Instagram story yesterday. We recorded Friday. I recorded with Annie on Friday and Carolyn on Friday. I'm just running it today, and it just so happened that last night Kurt posted something on his Instagram story that Carolyn basically 100% disputed. And you heard it in the teaser if you listen to it on Twitter or my Instagram stories or reels. So, yeah, it's it's surrounding what Kurt told Carolyn once he hit her up after the breakup with Amanda. So I guess it's a he said, she said. I'm sure somebody who says something like that probably has receipts to back it up. So I don't know. I don't want this to be a back and forth. Kurt said what he said. Carolyn has her side. And we go from there. I don't know where it's going to go, if anywhere. Um, And I'm not trying to start anything, but it just so happened that Carolyn said something when I recorded with her on Friday. And Kurt put something out on his Instagram story that they don't match up at all. In fact, they're completely contradictory. So that's where we're at with that. Now, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm releasing this early. I'm recording this open on Tuesday afternoon. So the Bachelor finale has not happened, part two yet. You know what the spoilers are for tonight's episode. If you haven't, go to realitysteve.com. It's on there. And check it out if you want to know how it ends in terms of what happened in Iceland. The biggest question mark going into tonight's two-part finale, there's two things, actually. Number one, where do Clayton and Susie stand right now? Because I haven't heard anything post-show that's made me believe that they are a couple. Impossible to know if they've sent a text to each other or a DM or they've been in contact. I don't know that. A lot of people seem to think that they have been. I've, I'm just telling you what I've heard. So if they end up leaving tonight as, yeah, we're going to work on this, you know, all the power to them. I think they're really behind the eight ball if they do that. But, you know, if they want to try, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you're morons. But I just haven't been led to believe that they've seen each other at all or have really been in any sort of contact. So we'll see how it plays out tonight. And then the other thing is the Bachelorette. As of 
3.51 Central Time on Tuesday. I don't know who the Bachelorette is. We're going to know in a few hours. I don't expect to find anything out in the next few hours, so I'll be just as surprised as you. If you ask me, gun to my head, who do I think it'll be? My guess is Gabby. You know, I hear rumblings all the time about things, and, you know, I've heard rumblings about Gabby over the past weekend, but nothing solid to where I'm saying, yes, on Tuesday night you will see Gabby announced as the next Bachelorette. That, if, if that were the case, I would have put that out there, just like I said it. So, no, I don't, um, I don't know for sure. But if you had guessing, I, I'll just go with, uh, that's, that's my guess. If we want to get predictions in early or whatever, that's my guess. But there's, um, it's going to be a really interesting finale, to say the least, uh, just how it plays out. I'm just curious to see what the public reaction is. I'll be going on live with Dave Neal on his YouTube channel, if you want to check that out, at uh, Dave Neal on YouTube, probably around about 45 minutes after the finale airs in East Coast and Central Time. So we're going to talk about things and see, you know, probably have some thoughts, early thoughts on who the Bachelorette is. But, yeah, as you know, I'm putting this up on Tuesday because I leave tomorrow morning uh, for Las Vegas for my annual March Madness trip. And I just want, you know, I mentioned it in the column earlier this week, nine straight months outside of one week in between Bachelor in Paradise ending and Michelle's season starting and one week at the end of December. And then the one week during uh, Clayton season where they took a week off because of I think holiday or winter Olympics or something like that. Um, we've had nine straight months of programming. There have been every single Monday for the last nine months, there has been a bachelor related program on Katie season started June 7th. That went straight into bachelor in paradise in September, which went straight through to October. There was one week off in October and then Michelle's season uh, started airing in October and then it aired a week before the new year and took that week off. And then first Monday in January, Clayton season started. So we're at nine straight months. I need a break. And even though break for me is technically not a break because they're filming The Bachelorette beginning this weekend, I'll be giving you spoilers as the season goes on. Anything I hear, I will pass on to you. Like I said, I expect the men to be released on The Bachelorette Facebook page early tomorrow morning. And so while I'm on the plane and while I'm getting settled in, I'm going to be giving you as much as I can. Probably there will be other, um, you know, things out there uh, about the men because I'm just going to be behind, you know, being in a car and being at baggage claim and all that stuff. I'm just not going to constantly I'll get you what I can when I can. But it's never taken me more than a full day to get the whole cast because all they're going to release on the Bachelorette Facebook page, as you know, is just first name, age, and city. And it's not even the city that they're currently in for the most part. It's usually just the city where they were born. So, and I'll just get stuff sent to me all day long about, oh, that's this guy, and here's his Instagram, and all this stuff. So most of the guys' Instagrams will be private, so they've got to deal with that. Um, but I'll get you as much as I can. Hopefully I'll have all the guys confirmed by the end of the day tomorrow, assuming uh, the the list comes out, uh, the the cast list or potential cast list, because there's, there'll be three to five that don't end up making the final cast. As you know, when they send out the potential cast list, but yeah, it's the same timing every year after Matt's after the final rose. And they announced that Katie was set to film that week. It was the next day, the next morning. And it was the morning I was leaving for Vegas last year 
that they released all the men on Katie's season. And I remember being on the plane and in the car and having to deal with this. I was like, ugh, worst day ever. And I know it's coming again. So actually, it's better, you know, honestly, it's better to do it tomorrow than I'd hate for them to do it Thursday because Thursday is when the March Madness starts. And I'll be so much more into watching the games than having to sift through a bunch of DMs and emails about, oh, this guy's on the show and having to give info. But yeah, it'll mostly just be on my Twitter. So follow me there at Reality Steve for, I'll, I'll take a screenshot of their Instagram page once I get it, their full name. I'll add their last name to it, and then you guys can go to town. <laughs> I'm not going to do any Google searching on any possible, you know, scandals in these people's past. I just don't have the time. So once the full name is out there, if you guys all want to do a Google search and say, hey, Steve, I found this, this may be a little troubling, by all means, I'll take that uh, just so I know. But I'm not going to do it myself. Tomorrow I just want to get the names out and their Instagram page and yeah, first and last name and Instagram account, and then probably take a shot of, you know, if they have a LinkedIn page or something like that. So, and and, and any other maybe small tidbit that someone says, hey, uh, I know this guy, he's on the show, and he used to do this or whatever. He used to play college basketball or college football, uh, something, whatever. I'll, you know, I'll include some little blurb, but if I don't get a blurb right away when I get sent the person's name, I'm not going to do any digging tomorrow. You guys can all do that which definitely helps. So without any further ado, I do want to get going with this podcast. However, I've got a new sponsor for the podcast, and it is Green Chef. They are a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, we're just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Now, anybody that's listened to me for any amount of time on this podcast knows I am not a cook whatsoever. It just it's, it hasn't appealed to me. And so when these cooking companies have come to me, I'm like, okay, I'll try it out. And I, I'm here to say they have a partnership with HelloFresh. They're very um, – if you've worked with HelloFresh, um, you know, if you've used HelloFresh in the past – um, or are currently, um, Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's basically something for everyone. I can switch between each brand now, so that's good. I really liked Green Chef. Um, it makes cooking easy. You can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying these delicious home-cooked meals. I'm telling you, they sent me a box, and the crispy southern chicken I actually made it for myself. Gotta say, pretty damn good. Uh, I got the spicy beef and broccoli noodle bowl, and also the pork with apple and raisins. Not bad. I was surprised at, number one, it only took me 20 to 30 minutes on each of them, and how good it tasted. And the biggest thing right now, I'm telling you right now, I, I'm shocked that not only that Green Chef came to me, but the deal that we're able to get you guys for Green Chef. You go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve130 and use code realitysteve130. You get $130 off plus free shipping. Let me repeat that. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve130. Use code realitysteve130 and get $130 off. That's literally, God, it's close to... Um, it's close to 20 meals, 
plus free shipping. The number one meal kit for eating well, Green Chef. Check it out. All right, here we go. You're not going to want to miss these. First up, Annie Jorgensen for podcast number 278. All right, let's uh, bring her in. You saw her not get chosen by Steven on the finale of Jill Millionaire last week. It is Annie Jorgensen. Annie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? Um, We'll get to your not getting chosen part in a few minutes. I kind of want to start where I start with most contestants and just kind of get a little bit more info on you and what your life was like pre-show. But for this particular situation, my question to you is, um, how did you get approached and cast for the show Love for Real? How did that happen for you? (laughs) Since we all know by every interview I've done so far, this show was billed as Love for Real. Yeah. So I was actually reached out on Instagram as I think almost everybody on the show, if not everybody on the show. So I got a DM from a casting producer or casting director, and it was actually for a different show. It was for like a dance based Regency era inspired dating show. Um, And then that show never came to fruition, but they were like, we liked you enough to consider you for this other show. We're casting love for real. And then it just went from there. So it really, and this was a long process because of COVID, right? This was something that, when or when were you approached for this? So I was reached out to like the end of April um, of 2021. And then I was actually told that we were going to start filming. The schedule was to start in July. And then because of COVID, it kept getting pushed back. And I think there were some casting things too. I listened to some interviews that Kurt has done. Um, so I think for multiple reasons, uh, filming didn't start until like, right in the early September. So yeah, it was kind of a long process. And for those that don't know, maybe some do, maybe some don't, uh, you have a pretty, I don't know if the word illustrious pageant career (laughs) in your background. Tell everybody about your pageant career, how many years you did it, what you won in the past. Yeah. So I started competing in pageants when I was 13. Honestly, I was really shy and I thought pageants were the perfect way for me to dance and, you know, earn scholarship money towards college and also work on my public speaking skills. And so that's really why I started. Um, But I was Miss Georgia 2018 within the Miss America organization. So I competed for Miss America in 2019. I also was Miss High School America in 2013. And so I traveled the country promoting an anti-bullying and self-confidence program. Um, And that's really why I continue to compete is I have a program called Hashtag I Got This. And so I teach specifically young girls, but evolving that into young women and like women in their 20s about where confidence comes from and how you can stay positive and confident through every challenge or every opportunity. You were Miss High School America? I don't even know what that is. What? you're the best high schooler in the world that year like how (laughs) how is it a is it a competition to where it's pageant related or is it based on like community service stuff and winning pageants how is miss high school america determined (laughs) yeah miss high school america is an organization um that's kind of similar to the teen program of uh miss america but it's yeah it's just it's a pageant with that is um a focus on community service as well as academics um yeah so that's how it happened. Wow. And that what what year was that that you won that? That was in 2013. Okay. Who won the Miss USA the year you competed as Miss Georgia? So Miss America was Nia Franklin. Okay. And then Miss USA, I don't I don't they're different. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. There yeah. is Miss USA and there is oh, Miss America, I've, but yeah. Covering the Bachelor franchise <laughs> and, and and now that they choose a lot of pageant contestants, I've learned the difference. Which USA is the one with the talent, 
and Miss, or is it vice versa? Which is it's the, the opposite. Miss America has the talent. So I was a dancer and so competed you, at Miss America and danced. Yeah. Ah, okay. Got it. All right. And I'll, and I guarantee you, if someone asks me that in the future, I'll forget. I'll always mix those up of which one has where you have to perform the talent. Um, I mean, at this point, just <laughs> if you say it confidently, people will believe you. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And so you danced in yours. That was your talent that you did? Yeah, I danced a jazz piece to Feeling Good by Michael Buble. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. All right. So getting back to this show, <laughs> you show up in Atlanta. You're not really familiar with what the hell you're getting into. Uh, like I said, you're, you're on a show you think is called Love for Real. And then all of a sudden, two guys walk down the steps. Once you were there and you saw the guys for the first time, was Steven someone who you were immediately your type physically? Or did you kind of know in the back of your head that he was the one you were most interested off the bat? It's That's interesting you ask that because when both guys initially came out and we met them, uh, Steven definitely is my typical type that I would go for. But for me, going on this show was my opportunity to try to date somebody that I don't think I would try dating in my normal life. And so at first, I was more drawn to Kurt for this simple sake that I was like, well, if I wouldn't really pursue Kurt in real life, then dating hasn't worked for me in real life. Let's try it here. And so for the first few conversations, I put in the effort and I made some um I mean, just, I made some big effort to chat with Kurt and then it just, I was drawn to Steven, so I couldn't help it. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, you mentioned that I was going to say, was Kurt not your type because he had a man bun? Is that, was that one of the reasons you don't date man buns? I haven't in the past and it's not that I'm not open to it. I, yeah. I mean, I love a man bun, but I, yeah, I just haven't in the past. Okay. So once things got started and I guess it was pretty clear, Kurt had taken an immediate attraction to Carolyn. And it seemed like, at least for us, the audience, that Stephen had pretty early on had taken a liking to you. And, you know, the biggest thing that we saw during the finale, and I'm, and I'm sure you've seen the same sentiment online, and not to mention what I had spoken to Stephen and Calla about, is everyone expected him to pick you based off of the edit that we were getting as viewers. And in that moment, <clears throat> as you're going through the process, was what we were being shown accurate? of what was happening at the mansion? Like, did you think that you were getting chosen? So in my opinion, life is all about perspective. And so from my perspective on the show, I was 99% confident that I was going to be chosen. Yeah. I, like you just said, me and Steven built a really strong connection early on. It was actually on the line dancing date that Steven showed me interest first um, and so I knew that, and then he obviously picked me for the one-on-one -on -one that he got a choice for. So I knew that he was interested and I knew that we had built a strong connection episode over episode, week over week. Um, so, and I really thought, I, I honestly thought that Callow was interested in Kurt up until we were sitting on the couch, the four of us. And Martin told us that Cal and Annie, you're here for Steven. And then the other two were there for Kurt. That was the first time that I was like, oh, Kella does like Steven. And I think that was partly on me because I wasn't looking for anybody else to build a connection with Steven. I was trying to stay in my own lane and focus on my own connection and my own relationship. Um, but also I think that their connection just came up later on. Well, just hearing what they said. And when I spoke to them, you know, they're disappointed that I guess a lot of their moments weren't shown, which is, you know, I, I think you ask anybody who watched this over the last 10 weeks, it was just clearly when they edit this show, they already know the outcome, so they want to have some sort of, I don't know, surprise or cliffhanger or whatever you want to call it, and 
just based on what they were showing us every week, like it just we didn't even know until Calla went on the final date with Kurt and just said, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose Steven." Like she just wasn't even a player in anybody's head. I don't think. I mean, it can't speak for everybody, but I think most people are just like, I didn't even know that she was interested in either of them because you know, as her personality kind of more closed off, she didn't um, open up to them until kind of later on in the game. It just it was. It was almost now. Now you look back on it, it's almost it was almost too obvious, and that was their whole, I guess, hook was, look, everyone that we're based on the edit that we're showing everybody, everyone's going to think he's picking Annie, and we're going to shock them with the whole Kala angle. That's the way I see it. Right, I definitely agree. And honestly, I was so excited to watch the season back because when I left, I truly was shocked. I was so surprised that Steven didn't choose me at the end. And so I was really looking forward to watching the season back to see Calla and Steven build their connection over the episodes. And obviously we didn't get that. And so like finding closure has been an interesting experience and I got there for sure, but I was hopeful that it would have made more sense to me watching the season back. And it just didn't. Was there anything post-show with, did Steven ever reach out and just say, because obviously in that moment, he says that to you and you basically have to walk away and get in a car. Was there ever a note sent to you or just him just reaching out saying, hey, I, you know, sorry, I didn't pick you. Just now I have more time to a little bit explain. Or was that time at the mansion when he let you go the last thing you've ever heard from Steven? So I actually got a DM from Steven right before the episode aired right before the finale um, yesterday. And it was a really nice message just saying, you know, it was a good experience, like out of respect of my relationship now, just like letting you know that I, I felt what, what I just, what I said and what I did, I felt was real, but you know, wish you the best. And it was a very sweet message. It was really nice that he reached out, but that that's been it. Okay. So that was the first thing you'd heard from him since that day. That, no, that's not necessarily true. He oh. would like respond to some of my Instagram stories or stuff that I would tag him in, but nothing outside of that. Nothing directly to you until the DM before the finale. Yeah, exactly. So, Obviously, we know the the format of the show, Joe Millionaire, and one of them was rich and one of them wasn't. It was talked about, I got to believe, amongst the women, just when you're sitting around, there's obviously a lot of downtime on a show like this. And with the format of the show being told like, hey, one of these guys is and one of these guys isn't, I got to believe at some point you guys were talking a lot about, hey, who do you think it is? And I asked Calla this, and I kind of don't remember her answer. I think she kind of (laughs) didn't. She kind of skirted around it. I think she took my questioning a little bit wrong. I think she thought I was questioning whether or not the women were so into the whole money situation. I was just asking, basically, when there was, I don't know, 10 women left, what was the consensus of who was the millionaire and who wasn't? Was it pretty split down the middle, or was there a strong lean that women knew that it was Steven over Kurt? That's a... I'm trying to remember back when we were actually in the house of how it felt because early on it was very much 50, 50, we were split. And I felt like all of us were changing our minds every day based on something that one said or something that one did. Um, but when it came down, I would say it was, it was honestly after hometowns that we all pretty much knew it was Steven because I mean, production did it, did their best effort, but there's only so much that they can hide <laughs> taking us to their actual homes. Um, but I think when it was like the 10, I think, yeah, I mean, I feel like most of us really just felt like it was Steven because we felt like Kurt was like trying to prove that he was the rich one, but I don't know. We yeah. all just kind of flip-flopped around and tell hometowns. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Now, you know, with with Steven and just looking at you and perusing your Instagram, 
you do seem like more of a city girl, and Steven is not a city guy. So when I'm watching it, even though I'm, I'm just so blown away by the edit that it's so obvious he's going to choose Annie, now seeing it and, and talking to Steven and Calla that she had grown up she had at least, you know, I don't know, been on a farm or had dealt with cattle before, I think he I think he said, and that she just kind of fit into his lifestyle a little bit better. I'm curious, if he did end up choosing you, would City Girl Annie in New York <laughs> been okay with moving to Missouri and having a life there on a farm where, as Steven said, his closest neighbor is five miles away? <laughs> we actually had some funny conversations about that. And you're so right that Cal is, I think it was her stepdad also had a cattle ranch. And so she got the farming life and I grew up in Wisconsin, but the closest thing I literally have ever gotten to a farm is probably like apple picking. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but Steven and I talked about it. It was actually when we were camping, um, we had a really, really great conversation about what we were looking for in a partner long-term. And I think his concern, obviously it was exactly the same question is like, are you looking to stay in New York forever? And for me, when I'm ready to settle down and when I'm ready to have kids, I don't want to raise a kid in New York City. Or I don't, not at all. I think that'd be so difficult. So I would love to find somewhere that is a little bit smaller, maybe not as small as Gallatin, Missouri, but looking for you know some kind of civilization. Um, but Stephen told me the same thing. He said that he wanted something bigger than this, the town that he's in in Missouri. And he threw around like Kansas City or Nashville or, you know, like, smaller cities and there were some like Nashville I could see myself living in. And so I felt like we had found some really great common ground of when, or if our relationship got to that point, like we would be on the same page. It would take time to get there. Right. Like you'd have to allow the relationship to get to that point. Um, but yeah, I felt like we were very much aligned on what we were looking for. When you went to Gallatin with the girls and you guys got to see his life there, was there any part of you that was like, Huh. No, this, <laughs> no, this, I, I, it's, it's cool to visit on a TV show, but as a, you know, settle down boyfriend and, and staying here, I, I don't think I could. I think I had more of the perspective of like, could I see myself coming back here to visit? And to me, that answer was yes, because we had already had that conversation of that Stephen wanted something a little bit bigger than the town that he was in. I was like, all right, like, could I come spend the weekend or spend a week here? And my answer was, yeah, honestly, it felt like such a nice breath of fresh air. Like I could spread out. And like you said, Stephen's closest neighbor was five miles away. My closest neighbor, I can listen to whatever music they're playing yeah. in the morning. So like we're five feet away. Yeah. So I, I think it was just like a nice contrast to the life that I do live, but could I live there forever? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and it seems like based on what they said, um, while Cala has moved there, it seems like they're putting in roots also in Kansas City or they're going to, they bought a second place in Kansas City. So they're going to do a lot of commuting there. I don't think they're stuck in Gallatin at all, but you know, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens with them kind of moving forward. Um, the, the day of the final day or on the final day. Obviously, they expressed how long of a day it was. For you, when did you start getting ready? I'm asking this because of what Calla told me. When did you start getting ready, and when did you actually go up there and speak with Steven? Yeah, so I think Calla had the longest day of all of the women. Yeah. Um, but we were told to be ready, I think, by like 7 o'clock at night. And 
also during the day we had to plan out our, you know, pour your heart out speech. And so I was working on that all day, practicing it, memorizing it, and then starting to get ready. So we were ready at seven. And then we all went to back to the manor. I had an interview that lasted for maybe like an hour, an hour and a half. And then I sat in the car until I think it was like just after one o'clock in the morning when I finally went in for my, I'll call it for the breakup. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, it was a really long day of sitting in the car, like not knowing what, what time it was, not knowing how long we had to wait. And I don't know, we were all hungry. We were all, I was in the car with a producer and that, I mean, I was just like twiddling my thumbs <laughs> on edge waiting for that, for me to find out what was going to happen. And were you freezing? When you got up there, I was so cold. It was a mixture of everything. So I had had dinner at like six. Right. And so we're sitting in the car. It's one o'clock in the morning. I'm hungry. It's cold and it's damp because it's Georgia. So the humidity is just cold and you're nervous, right? Like I'm so anxious. I'm excited and I'm nervous. My entire body was just like shaking and trembling because all of that energy had nowhere to go, but out. And so, yeah, I was shaking when you got up there and stood in front of him and looked into his eyes. Did you immediately know he was going to say no? Was there any clue with body language or the way he looked at you that once you got up there, you're like, Oh shit, I think he's going to dump me. I went into it. I was really, really confident that he was going to choose me. And yeah. so I, I think I should have perceived his body language and his facial expressions and watching the episode back, I could see it clear as day that I wasn't the one that he was choosing. But in the moment, I just thought he was nervous. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I don't know. And that's perfectly logical to think. He probably was nervous. I'm sure he was. And look, it's not fun to dump people on, on whether it's in <laughs> real life or on TV. It's just not an easy thing to do. It's never, it's never fun to break up. I mean, we've all been through breakups. It's not fun at all. There's nothing yeah. good about breaking up, even if it's a mutual breakup, because then it's almost like, oh, it's sad. Why are we even doing it in the first place? And yeah, it's just it's never fun to break up and he had to do it a lot a lot this season as as did Kurt. Um so once that happens, <clears throat> you go home and obviously we don't even know this is a show until the end of December. And so for 2 months before anybody even knew that you obviously family and friends probably knew you left to do the show, but you get home and <clears throat> I don't know. I I mean I asked everybody this because you can't really open up to people. You can't talk about it. Obviously, you have a contract. Right. But uh, outside of probably close family and, and, and maybe close friends or something like that, but even then, you can't really give away. So how did you navigate kind of what you had just gone through? Were you only able to confide in the other women? Um. That's a really valid and fair question. Um, luckily, I do have a really strong support system. My parents were always willing to listen to me as I vented. I have really great friends, close friends that I was able to confide in. Um, but also Carolyn and I got really close of you know going through the same experience and having it end the same way. But I will say the time between leaving the show and the show being announced was the most difficult period in my life that I think I've ever gone through emotionally just because, so you leave the show and you come home and there's absolutely no connection in, at least for me in New York, in my home to what had just happened to that relationship. There's no like, oh, that's the spot where we went on our first date, or that's the spot where we had our first kiss. Like there's no connection to what I just went through. And the further away I got from filming, 
before the show was announced, I, in my head, it felt like I had made it up. And so it felt like I had this like hurt and this grieving, this relationship that I completely made up because it felt so like, it felt like a fever dream because I couldn't talk about it with anybody. Um, and I couldn't really express to anybody what I, like, I couldn't even tell my coworkers that I was going through a breakup. And so it just like, was this really crazy, weird, private, uh, emotional roller coaster that I went through. But I mean, I, like I said, I had re- a really strong support system and luckily I have, you know, the skills or whatever that I needed to get through. Um, but yeah. And I think I found that closure during that time. And I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And once I got the chance to talk, like once the show was announced and everybody was asking like, how did it go? How did it go? The only thing I could say is, you know, I truly believe that everything happened exactly the way it was supposed to keeps it vague. Right. But I really do believe that. And I think that everything happened for a reason and I'm so happy the way everything turned out. I mean, this is obviously the first time Joe Millionaire has been on the air in whatever, 18 years, but you just look at the history of reality dating shows people who didn't quote unquote win have gone on to do great things, have met great people after the fact and all said like, yeah, in the moment it hurt, it sucked, no fun getting dumped on television, but ultimately it led me to here, whatever that may be. And your here is about to come true in the next, you know, whatever (laughs) we're, we're in the moment now and going forward, you'll, you'll look back on this and you'll show your kids it someday. Like, look what mommy, look what mommy was on uh, one time. (laughs) And You'll just look back on it with fond memories and, you know, friends that you made with the with the women on the show, which is, you know, kind of what I wanted to ask you next. Who are you closest with Carolyn? I know that last night you guys watched the show together, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually have really close friendships with several of the women on the show. Carolyn and I definitely had a special bond because we could relate to each other on a level that nobody else could understand. Um, so yeah, she's actually spent spending the weekend with me here. Um, but also Amanda lives two subway stops away from me. And so we see each other, if not on a weekly basis, like more than that. So I'm really close with Amanda. Uh, I text all of the girls at different times. I'm really close with some of the producers too, honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I just can't get over how incredible the group of women is on that show. Like we just, really uplifted each other. And I think you can see that through the episodes. And especially if you follow us on social media, you can see that our friendship is really true and really genuine. Is there a reality show in your future? Like, would you do it again? Not maybe necessarily a dating show, but I guess it's hard to answer that because you don't know what's being presented, but (laughs) just the idea of reality TV and going through something like that in terms of probably a month to two away from society you know, no phones, no books, no internet, no friend, no family. Could you put yourself through that again? <laughs> Maybe this is like a hot take, but absolutely. I'm not going to lie to you. I had so much fun filming. I loved not having my phone for a week. I am on my phone constantly. I work in digital marketing, so I'm like constantly on my phone. But when we were filming, I've never slept better. I like really just learned to be in the moment because on the show, you, like you said, you, we couldn't listen to music. We couldn't watch TV. We didn't have the internet, but we also weren't allowed to journal. And we also didn't have easy access at all to music and journaling and music are two things that get me through my daily life always. And so I had to find different ways of like entertaining myself and staying sane in the house. And I just loved it. It was just like such a cathartic experience in some ways. And honestly, like we left And I felt like I went through emotional or like relationship rehab. It was a really healthy (laughs) experience, like 
thinking through how you're feeling and what you're looking for and like, heck yes, I would do it again. I think one thing I want to commend you for, and I, and I told this, I believe it was in the Amanda interview, is that, you know, for someone who's known since, you know, October that you weren't chosen, if someone were to go and follow you on social media, along with the edit that they were seeing on TV, they would absolutely believe you were chosen because the way you promoted the show, like you would always post pictures of you and Steven kissing. You were very, like, it was just, you know, tune into Joe Millionaire. And I think that says a lot about you in that you could have just pouted and done nothing <laughs> or just did the bare minimum of what you're supposed to do as a contestant. I mean, I'm sure they tell you like, Hey, tweet about the show and stuff like that. But you, I thought you went above and beyond what you should have done for someone who now we know ultimately lost in the end. Um, yeah. So I wanted to commend you for that. What made you do that? Because you really, probably, like I said, along with the edit, you really had a lot of people fooled because you kept posting great things about the show and your and your dates with Steven. And anybody in that situation that was watching from the outside was like, oh, well, she couldn't have been dumped by him because she's being, she's she's constantly telling showing us the pictures of them together and obviously you weren't and yet you did it week after week after week. Yeah, well thank you for saying that. Um I think I it was very intentional of me doing that and I think it was for two reasons. One is because I really did enjoy my time on the show. I I loved the whole experience. The dates were so fun. I learned a lot about myself. It was really fun getting to know Steven and getting to know the other women. So I was excited to be able to watch it all back. And then also I, I wanted to give followers uh, and like audience members and viewers, I wanted to give them something to root for. I was anticipating the edit that I got. I was anticipating people to assume that it, that would be the way that it was just because that's truly, at least from my perspective, that's the way the show played out when we were filming. I mean, I got down to it. And like I said, I was like 99% sure that he was going to choose me. And when he didn't, I was absolutely shocked. And so I wanted audience members and viewers to feel the same way I did watching the show and the season play out. Yeah. It certainly was interesting because like I said, with the edit and what you were doing, I was, it was like doubly convinced that it was going to be you. And I'm sure most people uh, did now post show, um, you know, you were showed a lot of uh, videos last night and pictures of you and Carolyn and, you know, just small jabs at whatever. Um, but, <laughs> but the other thing is like, you guys are both like, Hey, now we can tell everybody, you know, Hey, we're single, ready to mingle here. Let's, let's, let's go. Like now you're not, not shy about letting everybody know, like you're single with that said, there is an internet site out there that I'm not a huge fan of because they do no vetting and they just post every rumor that's ever sent to them a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was a month ago. There was a blind item sent to this Instagram account. Uh -huh. That said, Annie was seen in New York with Tyler Cameron from The Bachelor. <laughs> so, and that's all they put, you know, it's just submissions from people. There's no, there was no picture to back it up, so we have no idea if it's true. And me being a Bachelor guy and Tyler Cameron being the most followed male Bachelor on Instagram in the history of the show, he's a big deal every time his name is brought up based on his dating history and who he's been with and whatnot. So, I ask you. Was that true? 
And even if it was, was it more of a, yeah, we just, we knew each other because we're in New York or something like that. Did you, at, were you seen with him at that place? Because it actually listed a location, it might have been a restaurant. Um, what's the, what's the <laughs> scoop behind that? Oh my God, this is so funny. It truly was just a coincidence. I was at a bar with friends and in walks Tyler Cameron. We've never met before. And in he walks. And so my friends are like, Annie, you have to go talk to him. You have to go talk to him. And I had just gotten to the bar and I was like, I haven't even had a drink yet. Like, absolutely not. And so I'm just like standing there. And then Tyler came up to order a drink at the bar and he just happened to be standing right next to me. And so we struck up a conversation and chatted for like, I swear, five minutes, if that. And that was it. <laughs> like that's, there's no more to the story other than that. That's why I don't like that site because it turned into Annie's dating Tyler Cameron, and you know there's nothing behind it. And maybe there would, I mean, there could have been something behind it because somebody could have. They only saw obviously somebody saw you and they said Annie was seen with Tyler Cameron here, but there was no context behind it. There was no picture behind it, so we have no idea. And now <laughs> we find out it was nothing. And have you spoken to him since? No. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was really nothing. Did you? I, I can't remember when it was. Was this was the show had already started airing, right? So this would have been January or February. This was somewhat recent, right? I, yeah, I think it was in February. He okay. had asked me if we did any traveling on the show, and I remember saying that I don't know if I'm allowed to say that because the hometown episode hadn't aired yet. So all I remember uh, is okay. before hometowns. Well, the other thing is that you know you guys had a connection. Not only just we were on a reality dating show, you were on a Fox show because he was on the Dirty Dancing show. That was on Fox as well. So you had some commonalities to talk about. But, yeah, okay. I just wanted to get to the bottom of it because people had asked me. Uh, I even got a couple DMs since I mentioned that you and uh, Carolyn were going to be on this podcast. Ask Annie about Tyler Cameron. <laughs> okay. So we got oh our answer. I wish I, I wish I had more exciting news to share. But <laughs> if anything changes, I mean, I'll keep you updated. Did you do you go back to digital marketing? Did you quit or you want to be an influencer now? Like what's what's the story <laughs> post show? No, I'm still working at the same PR firm in digital marketing. Um, you know, if influencing comes on the side, heck yeah, I won't say no to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy working and I like having like a company and a team that relies on me. So yeah, I'm still working. Okay, good. Um, you know, obviously we've seen it numerous times where people have not uh, continued with whatever job they had and, you know, all power to them. If opportunities yeah. come along, by all means, take them. And, um, you know, it will just only time will tell on something like this, whether it's I know even just last night, you know, linking to your bathing suit on the paddle boarding. Oh, by the way, have you ever been paddle boarding before? Was that your first time? Oh, oh no, I've been paddle boarding. Okay. A ton. <laughs> okay. So that wasn't anything foreign to you to do that. No, no. And we use the blow up paddle boards, which are, in my opinion, so much easier than the actual board. So they really set us up for success there. Oh, I didn't even know they were the blow up ones. I had no yeah. idea. This is why we interview. I'm giving you the inside scoop. I know. I was like, what else? <laughs> Spill some more tea for me. What else we got uh, tea wise that, um, that I'm missing out on? Um, I know that, and I can't wait to talk to Carolyn. Um, <laughs> I know there's some stuff going on online right now. Um, just stuff's being said and uh, about things that have happened post-show. Um, with you, it doesn't, I mean, I, I'm not involving you in any sort of drama, but in going back to the show and watching it, um, when you were there and going to that final day, you experienced it, you saw the people that were on dates. Who did you think Kurt was picking? 
I mean, I really didn't know because I, from my perspective, I saw Kurt building strong connections with Carolyn and Amanda both. And they were two very different connections in my mind. Carolyn, it was like fiery and passionate and intense. And for Amanda, it was like light and bubbly and happy and fun. And I don't, still don't, didn't know Kurt well enough to know which way he would gravitate more towards. I think in my mind, I thought that he was going to choose Carolyn solely for the fact that I thought Steven was going to choose me and our connection had built over, you know, the whole season and not just near the end. So that's kind of what I assumed, but I really, I mean, when I found out that Amanda was the one chosen, it didn't shock me. It didn't surprise me. They had an avocado thing. That was their deal. Avocado. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, There was one scene that they actually, I don't know why they would have put it in an episode. So it obviously didn't make it to air, but a man who was playing with like two big avocados and a little one. And she was like, this is Papa Avocado (laughs) Kurt and Mama Avocado Amanda. And the baby avocado was very funny. God, that should have included that. That's I mean, that was their story. I mean, that was her thing with him was the avocado. I mean, it was. It seemed like it was once it was established on the show that that was their safe word or whatever, not not safe word. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, yeah, it just seemed like that could have been something that could have easily been shown or even on an outtake yeah. or something. Um, yeah. So where are you at right now with all this? Was it tough to watch the finale last night? I mean, obviously you lived it. You, you're, what, five months removed from it actually happening? I'm sure you weren't you know, devastated by watching it. It looked like you were having fun with Carolyn uh, watching the show last night. But was there a part of you watching it back? Like, ugh, that hurt a little bit. That stung. I mean, yeah, obviously. I think, honestly, I think the anxiety leading up to the episode was the worst part because I could remember vividly what the setting looked like and what Steven was looking like, but I couldn't remember what he said. I could only remember bits and pieces of what I said. And so I was more anxious of like, what of of what we all said like what's going to be shown I can't really remember like I did I cry like I couldn't even remember if I cried or not and so I was just more anxious of like how what what would what would air but I mean I watched it it hurt but obviously I knew how it was going to end um but like like I said before I really truly believe that everything happens for a reason and it is so okay that me and Steven weren't meant to be and so watching it back it didn't feel like a wound was being reopened it was just more like oof did the did the DM that he sent you the other day, did it help that if he doesn't send that and then you watched the finale last night and then you still hadn't literally heard a word from that guy since he broke up with you, would you still be like, I would like to hear maybe a little bit more detail other than what he told me that night? Um, had you asked me this question months ago, I would have said it was not enough, but I it was really nice of him to send anything at all and say, you know, like what I felt was real and hope, wish the best for you. Like it was nice, but it didn't change anything for me. It, I didn't need closure from him to be able to move on. I've already moved. I've moved on. I've, you know, closed that chapter. It was nice of him to reach out at all, but I don't know. Like I didn't need it. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious if that, if that helped at all or just, cause it's just, it's just a weird, this isn't a normal dating. This isn't normally how you would date somebody. Clearly you don't, have to choose between two guys and you have to competing with all these other women. Well, I guess in the Tinder era and the, the <laughs> I guess technically you are because any guy you go out with, you have no idea who else he's seeing. Um, but I mean, just, yeah, just the idea of this and going on a reality dating show, it's just having spoken to numerous contestants in the past from bachelor and bachelorette. They all say the same thing. Like 
fans can sit there and judge, and fans can sit there and think they know what these people went through, but unless you went through it, you truly don't know what it's like to be on a show like this or in a reality oh, dating show. Definitely not. And I think, I mean, there have been rumors or spoilers or whatever swirling around of things that may or may not have been said. And I think one of those things was, you know, Steven knew that he was choosing Kala early on. And if that's true or not, it doesn't really matter at this point because the outcome would have been the same. But I think that was what I would have wanted more clarity on of just knowing like, okay, well, did you actually string me along or was what you were feeling really honest? And I mean, in his message, he said everything he did and said was honest. So if I'm taking it for face value, I'm going to, I'll take it. Well, I'll tell you this during the season, I was never spoiling it. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to spoil it. Even if someone had come to me with something, but somebody did come to me with something mid season that told me that you won. So I, in the back of my mind yet with the edit and what you were posting <laughs> and then that email that I got, I was like, oh, well, makes sense. It, and so clearly somebody was wrong. Um, good thing I didn't run with it. I was never going to run with it, <laughs> regardless of if I followed up with it or not. But it was just an email I received that claimed that somebody knew that you had won. And I was like, oh, okay, makes sense from what I'm seeing on TV. And obviously that ended up being wrong. But, yeah, it's not easy to go through. Did you – I mean, you've gotten a lot of love online. I, I'm, I can't wait to speak with Carolyn because – you know, if there is somebody who was quote unquote a villain on your show, I guess it would be considered Carolyn just because of the edit right. that she got. So I'm really curious to see. And, and I think a lot of people have had some nasty things to say about her or just not nice things to say about yeah. Carolyn. You've gotten you know nothing but love all season. Has any of the social media aspect of the show gotten to you or bothered you or you read something about yourself or the way you looked or the way you wore your hair or makeup? Because they they dissect everything on this show. Like fans will just pick apart and it's just a free for all. Was there anything about that that got to you? Yeah, no, I mean, they really do. And it's crazy what viewers pick up on and what people have opinions on. Um, luckily I will say, I mean, luckily or not, like whatever, but like through my pageant years, I've been picked apart forever. So there's really nothing that anybody could say that hasn't already been said about me. And so as I'm, like going through life and the social media comments come up, like for every person that says one thing, somebody else is saying the opposite. So I really tried really hard not to let it get to me. Of course, there are some days where you, you got to kind of lean into it and just be upset about someone online saying something negative, but I don't find my value in what other people say about me, especially online and especially strangers. So I really try to like keep my value and my worth in my own head and from the people that matter to me. Yeah. I mean, that's a great mindset to have. I wish more reality show contestants felt that way <laughs> and could function that way. But some just focus on the negative, you know, everybody, right. and everybody on the show and bachelor bachelorette world, they all have a fan base. I mean, it's just, even if you're a villain, people, there will be a faction that loves you. That's not, that's outside of family and friends. Strangers just like the personality, like your energy, whatever the case may be. So right. you're always going to get compliments, but some just choose to focus on, on the negative ones. And obviously being the through the pageant world, forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, I've, since I've become more familiar with the pageant world through Bachelor and Bachelorette, I've been made aware of those pageant boards and holy crap. Like those people are vicious. Oh, they're ruthless. And I had no really idea. Are. Yeah. I had no idea. And yeah. you know, when it's a show where you're literally, when it's a, you know, a pageant is literally just, you know, all you can do is dissect what that girl looks like in an evening gown, what she looks like 
in a bathing suit, like all this stuff, her answer, how she speaks, how she carries herself. Yeah, it's got to be, you're used to it. So I guess you had a little bit tougher skin than maybe somebody who has never been out there in a public forum like that. For sure. And I also think what you said before, that my general feedback from the world has been very, very positive. Yeah. And so I think I, I need to take that with a grain of salt too, knowing like, yeah, I have been handling this very well, but I also haven't gotten the backlash that other people like Carolyn have gotten. So I, I commend Carolyn so much for not letting her negative comments get to her. And she's really confident and she has a really great head on her shoulders and a great support system around her. So she's been dealing with it really well. Yeah. I'm looking forward to to speaking with her, but Annie, thank you for uh, taking the time speaking with me today. This was a lot of fun. I got to feel, I feel like I got to know you a little bit more and the audience gets to know you a little bit more. Sorry that um, I want to say like, sorry, it ended up with Steven or didn't get chosen, but I don't even think I need to say that you're clearly in a, in no. a good space. Now everything's good. You're single, you're ready to mingle. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, good luck in the future. We'll be in touch. Yeah, thank you so much. This is fun. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much to Annie for coming on. I appreciate that. I think she was great. Um, and just being open and honest, super sweet girl. And, you know, you wish the best for her. And it sounds like she's going to land on her feet. She's perfectly fine. Um, you heard her, and she had the same sentiment that most of us that were watching the show all season, probably because of the edit, that Stephen was going to choose her. I mean, we had no reason to believe it. And but now after listening to Annie and after listening to Steven last week and Kala, I get it. I get why he didn't choose her. And I think she does now, too. And I think that's healthy for everyone involved. Steven seems happy. They were partying here in Dallas this past weekend. They seem happy. So good for them. Up next. You're going to like this one. I mean, she was probably the most polarizing figure on the show. And I did. I do even tell her that in the beginning. And let's just say that um, Carolyn Moore has a lot to say, not necessarily about, you know, what happened on the show. She does address things that happened on the show, but there's some stuff post-show that you probably want to know about. So we'll just get right into Carolyn Moore right now. The continuation of podcast number 278. Okay. uh, Let's bring her in. You saw her um, not get chosen uh, by Kurt on the finale of Joe Millionaire last week. It is Carolyn Moore. Carolyn, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, I, I want to uh, I, I feel like I'm just running through the, the final four or five girls this season and uh, having them all on, and it's been interesting talking to a lot of you. And you are certainly, um, you know, I've spoken to Annie and I've spoken to Amanda and spoke to Kala and um, – I think it's safe to say that you were probably the most polarizing figure this season with the audience for sure. Would you say mm-hmm. that? <laughs> Do you agree? I wish, I wish I knew what the word polarizing meant. If you can <laughs> define it for well, me. Well, first I mean, of all. It, it's, it's more along the lines of you're probably the one that let's face it. If there was a quote unquote villain this season, I mm-hmm. guess it would be you. Right. Right. Okay. You know, cause everyone else got like a, like a very, you know, happy go lucky edit. And there were just always, if there was an issue, it was like, Oh, it's, it's surrounding Carolyn this season. And I want to dive into that stuff with you because it's an edited TV show. And I want to know if there are things that we didn't see that, mm-hmm. that you're upset at that was like, well, they didn't show this. And that's why it looked this particular way. But before we get into all that, mm-hmm. I want to get to the, just kind of the get go and the, the start of how this all came to be for you. How did you get cast on love for real? <laughs> um, 
exactly how everyone else got cast. I got a uh, DM and I actually, um, I thought it was like a like spam. Yeah. So I left it in my inbox for about two or three months. And I think I was seeing someone casually then and it kind of ended. And I was like, why not? Um, I've tried every other avenue of dating. Why not like jump on this experience? So I reached out to them um, and kind of went from there. Were you the, I mean, they didn't ever mention any of the other ones. Maybe someone who got eliminated early had a child. Were you the only one with a child on the show this season? Yes, you were. I was the only one with a child, um, but I was not the only one that was previously married. And there was a couple of them that were previously engaged, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so did that factor in? I mean, obviously you have, I don't know what your you know custody situation is, but clearly you were able to, to leave and, and go on the show. But did it factor in to you at all of, you know, the the kid factor, your son, and is this something that um, ultimately could last in the long term if the yeah, person so I, I was with wasn't right? There. So like I came, that's why I think I came in so like hot in a way is because for me it was like I don't want to waste time. So like with a lot of the girls, I think they came in and it was like an experience, and for me it was as well because that's just how I live my life. Like I, you know you know, I go for experiences, but long story short for me, it was like, I don't have time to waste not only because of my son, but I have a business to run at home. So if this isn't going to work. I'd rather know now and sooner than later. Um, and I think I've just been there, done that with, you know, my previous relationship. And I was just like, you know, if I'm going to come into this and I, I'm going to meet someone, um, I want to make sure that it's going to work. And luckily for me, I was able to have an initial connection with Kurt, which for, for me was like really, really relieving because I was afraid that I was going to have to kind of, you know, um, like work for it in a sense and have to put myself out there a lot. And it was going to be more uncomfortable um, than fun in a way. What What is your business um, that you run at home? And you're in, you're in Florida, right? In Miami or what part? Of I'm in Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I own a skincare company. Um, at the moment, I have just one product. So it's a hero product, um, two different sizes. It's um, a multi-use uh, uh, oil-based serum um, made in lab, wholly by an esthetician, um, chemist, um, patent, patented everything. Um, I had it in Urban Outfitters. It was featured in Vogue. I got, I developed it when I was pregnant with my son. So initially it was just for stretch marks um, because I was vegan when I was pregnant, very into like plant-based um, ingredients and all that stuff. And I couldn't find anything that was safe for me to use. So I came up with my own product. Um, and, you know, in development, I decided that I didn't want it to just be for stretch marks. I wanted it to be multi-use. Um, it was first started with like, you know, moms in mind in terms of like, when you become a mom, you don't have the time to take care of yourself. But I wanted to offer like this one product that you could use um, in replacement of all of your other products and that you can kind of have these results. Sorry, I was getting a call. Um, you can have these results and um, without having to use multiple products and you know, I developed from there into this multi-use product that does a lot more things like, you know, scars and uh, hyperpigmentation and uneven skin tone. Long story short, um, I wanted to like build this business model around this one product um, and then use it for expansion, which is what I'm working on doing right now. Very cool. Did not know that. Thank you. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you went on the show, obviously, as we've spoken to everybody, you weren't told the premise. This was a, hey, it's a dating show. It's called Love for Real, whatever. Then first mm -hmm. day you're there, you find out what the deal is and you find out there's two guys. Um, mm -hmm. When 
I've asked everyone this, so I'm going to ask you this. When it when they both appeared, I think Steven appeared first and then Kurt behind him, was it immediately Kurt was your physical type versus Steven? So we found out there was two guys on the first night. We didn't find out until the second day that what the premise of the show was. So on the first night, it was me, like Kurt and I made the initial connection before I even knew it had anything to do with money. Um Kurt, I think on paper was like my type to a T. So like when we, when he came down the stairs and we were able to kind of talk, there was just, I couldn't look him in the eyes. It was just so much tension from the jump. And I was like, okay, there's something there. So I was the first one to grab him. Um, at first I saw him and I was like, do you want to go for a walk? And that was kind of like my pickup line in a way. And he was like, me? And I was like, yeah. And so he told me at that moment, that's when it was confirmed for him as well, because he was like, I felt it and I didn't know if you felt it. So um, it wasn't even a physical, I would say at first, because I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm physically attracted to him. That's why I'm like, oh my God, he's so hot. It was more of like a, it was an energy. And it was like, why can't we look at each other? Why is it that he's looking at me like this? And I'm looking at him like that. Hmm. Um, it wasn't until our first date that I felt the more physical, I would say, attraction to him. Well, on the show, when, the, when we, when we're watching as viewers, that first thing where everyone was kind of sitting on the steps and you kind of joined late. And he was like, oh, hey. And then it seemed like that at that point, at least when the show, the edited version to us was at that point, because I think immediately they cut to a confessional of Kurt, like, wow, this girl, you know, kind of blew me away. And it was at that point Mm -hmm. that we, Carolyn was the front runner from the very beginning with Kurt. It was obvious that you were getting to the end. Um, We, you know, we didn't know, but it was obvious you were going, if not the end, a very long way, because it was just what they were showing us was just Kurt was goo goo gaga over you essentially. Um, and you know, I think he said it when I had him on the podcast, you know, when the season started that, yeah, initially it was, it was Carolyn. And then I think the first, like, I don't know what you want to call it. Conflict butting heads a little bit happened at the, was it the movie date? Was that the first one where you kind of pulled him aside and explain everybody what happened on that date or what your issue was on that date? Cause I believe that was the one where we first saw a little bit of a, of a butting heads? Um, it was more of like, to me, it was like, okay, you know, it was after our first date. So after our first date, he cemented very, very clearly how he felt about me. He was like, I essentially like obsessed with you. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Um, and this is going to be very hard for me. And I kind of, that's where the whole, you can you should explore your other relationships came from was me more encouraging him to kind of take this experience by the balls and just do what he came to do. And I was like, listen, I know how I feel about you. And I know you, you know how you feel about me, but in order for me to feel comfortable with what you're telling me right now and how you feel about me, I need to know that you've explored everything. And then at the end, when you do have to make a decision and you do choose me, then I know that you've already explored everything and it is me for sure. So that's where that whole entire phrase came from. Wasn't me going, yeah, well, you go do your thing and then come back to me. It was more of like, no, I can see how much you're struggling, um, but we've only known each other for a week. So no, we're not going to leave here together right now um, because we don't know each other and we have this whole experience to kind of get to know each other. So you do your thing and I'll be here. Like I'll be here when you're done figuring it out kind of thing. And then it was the, I believe that uh, little mini amusement park date where, again, you guys pulled off to the side. And then that's where, again, there was another butting of the heads over the whole exploring the relationship thing. Because, now granted, again, this is an edited television show and they're going to show us the conflict. 
Mm-hmm. But it but the way it came across to us as viewers was Carolyn was getting mad every time Kurt gave Amanda attention. Like that's what we saw. So there hadn't right. been more to it, or was there? Like what was the main issue you had that night? Because it just seemed to us that it was just hey, why are you sure. liking Amanda, or why are you on right. flirting with Amanda? I thought I was the one essentially. Right. So like at the movie premiere night when he had made out with Amanda or kissed Amanda, for me, I'm like, I'm a grown adult. Like I've been there, done that. I know what we're here for. I'm not upset that you're making out with anyone. Like when Amanda came to me and told me, I was like, it's fine, babe. Like it's good. Like we're adults. And she's like, no, but I feel so guilty. And I was like, but don't feel guilty. I was more, we had, Kurt and I had a conversation. I was more angry, more of what he said to me was like, I'm insecure about your relationship with your son's father. That's what I have an issue with. I don't have an issue with you being, you know, a mom. Like, that's not my problem. My problem is I'm known to be like, I'm known to be jealous and I have an insecurity with that relationship. And so my anger towards that conversation, like, sorry, one sec. Um, Keep getting calls. Um. So my, um, I would say my anger towards my conversation with Kurt translated to me being mad that he had kissed Amanda when in reality, reality, I'm a grown adult, like I told you. So when the camp day came along, it was more of, it's one thing if you're doing your thing in private, but for me to subject myself and sit there and watch it, like I have feelings for this person. And I just told him earlier in the day that I was having a hard time, you know, staying open and we're sitting in the middle of a bonfire and he's clearly looking over at me, which is not shown kind of trying to see engage my reaction and I was like okay well I'm kind of done with this setup right now I want to go use the bathroom I've been you know drinking and Katie came with me and it wasn't like I stormed off I got up and went to the bathroom and that was it and he grabbed me as I came back from the bathroom when I really wanted to separate myself and just have some time to cool off and let them do their thing um it was a, it would be a different story if I had grabbed Amanda and I grabbed her in that moment it was like what are you guys doing I didn't do that you know I came back from the bathroom and he grabbed me and we talked off to the side so it's not like we had our conversation in front of anyone it was actually so much in private that you can see the cameras having to zoom in on us so um it was more of me setting boundaries like sure do your thing like we've talked about you know in our own conversations but just don't rub it in my face um because you made it very clear to me that you don't really want me kind of pursuing Steven. So if you don't want me pursuing Steven and you're doing this over here with Amanda, then it just doesn't make sense to me with, it it was just like a whole thing. It was, yeah. Did you, when the show was filming versus what aired, obviously you got told very early on by Kurt, you were secure and he was totally into you. So 100% Mm -hmm. when, when the Amanda stuff was happening, did you notice the Amanda relationship with him during the show or it wasn't until the show aired? You're like, Oh, I didn't realize they had that much of a connection or did you know it when they were there other than, other than him him taking her to the final two, obviously, but the deeper connection, like, were you always like whatever he has with Amanda? Yeah. Cute, whatever. But I know it's better with us. Well, it was, I saw it, like I saw it happening, but for me, um, and he made it clear, like, he would say things like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not, but he would say things like, how am I going to pretend to date these other women when all I want to do is be with you and see you? So when he was doing that, I was thinking, okay, this is, he's clinging on to this connection because he, you know, he kind of needs to ride this out and he really need, does need to see it through. Um, and I did encourage him to do that, you know, but for me, it was just more of a distraction. Like I'm 
it's either I go full in, full in for Carolyn and we leave here together right now, or I have to really be open, open myself up and date these other women. That's how he made it seem to me. So that's how I saw it. And that's how I acted on it. He made it very clear to me. That's like, I want you, I don't want you to explore anything with Steven and we're going to be together at the end of this. And I'm just going to have to do my thing. Interesting. That's <laughs> yes. I mean, if, mm. if, if that's what he said to you, is there any way you could have, misinterpreted what he said or that those mm. words came out of his mouth about nope hey nope it was verbatim okay it was very clear it was very clear it was not anything that was um uh was it called um intended or like he was very clear and very like straight to the point um you know yeah okay so i that, want I mean, you i don't want yeah that's a big that's a big thing to say to you uh if very big very big because it makes you think well, no matter what's going on, I'm mm-hmm. he's picking me at the end of this thing. And yeah. you know, we it goes on, you and Amanda end up as the final two. You guys have your final dates. Um the tennis date, it seemed like like so when I spoke with when I spoke with Steven and Kawa, Steven said, you know, he had his date with Amanda and then he had the I think his Amanda's date was up first, right? In the terms of the final dates. And then you had the no, tennis date, or you were first? Yeah, yes. Okay. No, it was her Her train date was first, like, Monday, and then my boat day was on a Tuesday. But if you're talking in terms of dinner and tennis, my tennis date was earlier in the day, and her dinner date was later in the, that same day. Okay. Yeah, and it just sounded like, based on what Steven said, that he was he was struggling. He'd come back from one date and be like, yeah, I think it's Amanda, and then he'd come back from one date and say, oh, no, I had a, such a great time with, um, you know, with Carolyn. Um so going into the final day and this final decision day for you, were you just, I mean, I, I got to believe that you thought th- there was no way you weren't getting picked. Like you thought he was picking you, right? No, at this point I was like, Oh, I kind of, no, at this point I was like, if he is, I would have known kind of like on our last day, like he was just kind of like, yeah, but, but he just kept questioning the same things over and over. And that was his thing is like, the entire time I was there, I was having to reassure him. And towards, I would say the last week I was there, I literally went like numb. I was just like, whenever he brings something up, I was just like, okay, do you want to talk about this again? Like how many times do I have to reassure you that I have nothing going on with my ex, you know, my son's father. Um, and we're going to kind of cross this bridge when we get there. You know, my mom's in law, she does family law. So like I have the resources at hand and we have to figure out custody things. My ex is very open. You know, I can give you two weeks out of the month. Um, I'm an hour flight away from you. These are all the things that I'm communicating with him the entire season over and over again. That's not shown. And I'm very assuring with him, like, this is how our life could look like after this. I can, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to travel here. We're going to do this. Like, we don't need to figure out where we're going to live at the moment. Like first we need to see if we're compatible. So he just kept questioning towards the end at the, at, towards the last day, I was just kind of like numb. I was just like, whatever happens at this point happens, I'm just ready to go home. And if he wants to do this together, we're going to have a lot of fun. But if he doesn't, then I'm good. That's why when he told me at the end, I was just like, okay, like wish you the best of luck. And one second, I was just like, I wish you the best of luck and um, hope you made the right decision. And can I go now? I'm, I'm done here. We're done. Yeah. Um, I think I think the ending, you know, look, it, obviously you walked away pretty upset. And um, but what you just said explained why. I think a lot of people also had questions all season in regards to if you and Kurt would have ended up together. 
Mm-hmm. And because they didn't show those conversations, now you're banking it a little more like you did have those conversations in terms oh, yeah, 100%. of, you know, because you have a child and he lives in Charlotte and mm-hmm. you're in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it would have been so because I was always questioning, I was like, how would this have worked with these two? It's unless Kurt, because I didn't think that you could pack up from Orlando and move to Charlotte. I, I didn't think. But I mean, could Kurt have was Kurt willing to move to Orlando? I didn't expect him to move to Orlando. And I never even brought that into conversation. I was never like, okay, well, you might have to think about moving to Orlando. It was actually more me like, why, why, like, after telling, after giving him the the information that I have resources at hand, my mom just family law, and like, she literally does this for a living. She knows it like the back of her hand. We don't even have to hire a lawyer at this point, like if we had decided to get there. But just so you know, my mom does this for a living. If I had to discuss this with my ex, he's very flexible. If we ended up being together for a year and we were like very serious or even six months and we were like, okay, this is our next step. Then I would discuss this with my ex. I would discuss this with my mom. We would come to an agreement. I would consider moving to Charlotte. Like, let's just, but we're not even there yet. Let's just see if we're even compatible off the cameras. These are the things that I would say to him over and over again. And he would just bring up the conversation. That's why by our second day and, you know, by the time we were on the boat, I was just like, really like it was kind of like exhausted i was emotionally exhausted and drained at this point like are we having to talk about this again can we for me it was like i just wanted to enjoy the moment that we were in and the date that we were in he just wanted to rehash the same things and i think he wanted just so much assurance that i was just like kurt like we've already discussed this like i can give you at least two months you know two weeks out of the month and you know you're an hour flight you know away from me um and that's pretty much where i was at in terms of our conversations and that's what was shown was my my frustration do you think that Kurt ultimately didn't end up picking you because of all the factors surrounding a child, whether it was the child itself or the ex? I think that he was more of, it was more of my ex. Um, he made it very clear. I would say even post filming um, when we, it, you know, he reached out to me that, you know, after we had conversations is had nothing to do with my son. He was actually, loves kids and would love to step in and be a father figure. Um, it was the, it was the constant contact I would have with my ex, which bothered him. And it was like, for me, I had to explain to him over and over. It was platonic. It was professional. It was, it was, um, solely based on communication with my son. And I just think that he didn't like that. I had, you know, communication with an ex partner, regardless of whether he was my ex-husband or not. Um, so like being in a relationship with a girlfriend, like you just don't want them talking to their ex and that was his thing. But I was like, my had to do with the betterment and the well being of my son. And then that would be the main gist of our conversations, but he didn't like regardless of what it was, he did not like that. I had that constant communication with my ex, which I found very off putting. Um, and I kept that on the back of my mind, but I was like, maybe it's like a nervous tick thing that he's having with the camera. So once we get out of here, we can kind of have conversations that are more private. We can kind of figure it out a little bit more. Um, but we just never got there. It's interesting because, you know, we just there were so many conversations based on what you just said that just were not shown. And, you know, we didn't know where he stood. It just we I mean, we did see, I think, in the very beginning, he said about the X part. I just mm-hmm. I didn't think it was as big of a deal once he said it because it really never got shown after that. But then you're saying now that he was constantly bringing it up. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of crazy to hear. On that day, though, on the final day, did you <clears> – I know you said you were just like at that point you were numb and whatever. When you walked up to him and stood in front of him and looked him in the eyes, was there, mm-hmm. any, sort, was there mm-hmm. any sort of body language or sense yes, that he was sending you Yes, there was. You, so you knew there, you were – There was. You knew you were getting sent I got home. there. 
I got there and Kurt and I could sit and stare at each other for two minutes and have a full blown conversation with just our eyes. Like it was, it was so intense and so uh, easy. And so like the, the chemistry between us, that production at some points would be like, okay, you guys have to talk. Like we can't just have you guys staring at each other. We could literally have full conversations just looking at each other. So when I got there, his eyes were like glazed over. There was a wall, like literally like, you know, like the eyes are the windows to the soul. I looked at him and I couldn't get through to him. I just could not. He was looking at me. Um, and I remember looking at him and I mouthed to him, what is it? Like, what's going on? What is it? And he didn't, he just kind of like looked at me and just kind of, you know, did something with his lips where he was like this. And, and I was like, um, okay. And then we were waiting and obviously he had, you know, to wait for, to speak and stuff. But I knew in that moment, I was like, okay, that was it. And I was just, I was just like biting my tongue at this point when he was doing his speech, I was like, okay, he's got to do what he's got to do. And I'm going to sit here. So when he's done, then it is what it is kind of thing. Do you remember what he said? Did you remember? Or until you yeah. watched it last night, you were like, eh, I didn't really remember. To be honest with you, I blacked out. I blacked out in terms of like just the uh, stress and shock and all that stuff until I watched it back. And then it brought back everything. And it was pretty much the first half of his speech was very positive. I gave my, my speech then the second part of his speech was like, okay, but this is what, this is where we're wrapping up kind of thing. And the beginning part was, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, which he told me in the very beginning, um, our passion, like nothing I've ever experienced before. Um, and then he led into saying basically like our passion, the second part of his speech was like, our passion is so good that it's bad. <laughs> and at this point I was trying to keep from laughing. I literally was like, so you're saying that we're too into each other, that it's bad, and that you're making scenarios up in your head, hypothetically, that if we had met outside of here, would it have burned out? So you're basing everything off of fear in terms of like, oh, well, if we, if we, you know, hypothetical situation. So at this point, I was like, just do what you got to do. I was like, if you're having to lead your decisions off of hypothetical situations that are, have never happened, we, we haven't met outside of here. We've met here. Then just say what you have to say and just let me go. Because the show pitted you and Amanda kind of against each other, there was a time where it was just it just contentious. And when I had Amanda on the podcast, she basically said in the beginning it was cool with Carolyn, and then once I realized that we were probably two of Kurt's favorites, it's not that we were enemies. We just kind of did our own thing. I guess maybe you had your own cliques in the house and whatnot. Um, what was your feelings overall and I guess now towards – Amanda, were are you were you ever upset with her in the house or anything she did or anything along those lines or was it just like she was the other girl that he was interested in and I had to deal with it? No, like it had nothing to do with her. It literally had nothing to do with her. And I remember telling her like, "Hey, babe, like we get along. We're cool. You're funny. Like you're really funny. You're someone I would definitely hang out of here. Don't let our, like your connect like our connections with Kurt get in the between us because leaving here without a girlfriend, regardless of whether he picks me or you." that would be a loss for me because I'm just such a girl's girl. Um, it was more the fact that she like ostracized me in the house. Um, she pitted the girls against me. So after Andrea, Katie, uh, Suzette left. So Andrea and Katie, I was very close to after they left. It was like the girls, I mean, Annie, you know, apart from Annie and Brie, but like I was in like at that point with Annie wasn't as close as I am now. Um, she pitted all the girls against me and it, it was so bad to a point where she had, she apologized for it. She was like, Hey, I feel like, you know, we've kind of kept you at bay and this, you know, 
I never wanted you to feel like you're ostracized in a way. And I was just like, I mean, it's happening, but it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to come and beg everyone to be my friend, but it had nothing to do with me personally. So when she did that, I was just like, we're just going to, I'm in survival mode at this point. We live in the same house. I'm going to do me. And, you know, she felt bad. She felt guilty for it. So I think if that never happened, we kind of could have reconciled a little bit more our friendship. But I think I keep thinking back to the fact that she did that and, it just doesn't sit right with me. And um, it had nothing for me. It had nothing to do with Kurt, to be honest with you. How, when you say ostracize, how did she ostracize you? Like, what was she doing to ostracize you in the like, house? Like, so um, when I, one of the last eliminations, I came upstairs and like everyone was cheering for everyone and no one cheered for me. And I think that was one of the things the next day she was like, I'm sorry that like that happened. Like, I never want to feel anyone to feel left out. Um, she would just like, they would just sit in circles and talk. And I had my own separate bedroom. Um, Suzanne was my bedmate at that point. And um, it was like, it was so bad that like after the show, Suzanne called me and apologized to me and was like, I'm so sorry that this, this, this happened. Amber, before the end of the show, before she left, cried to me and was like, we've had more time to get to know each other. And I know your story. And I know that your confidence comes from the fact that you have had to deal with a lot of self-worth issues because you were in essentially an abusive relationship. Like my ex, you know, my marriage was, you know, was toxic in the sense that I was, you know, emotionally, verbally, mentally abused. And I had to kind of rebuild my confidence. And Amber started to learn more about that. And she's, she cried to me and was like, I'm so sorry for all the shit that I talked about you. And, you know, she was in that circle with Amanda and it, it was so bad that like, she, she literally apologized to me over and over. And even after the show, after some things aired, she would text me and stuff. And I'd be like, it's good. We're good. Um, and it would just be that it would just be them sitting around and just talking shit about me and me being like, cool, like I'm just going to make my breakfast and I'm going to go do my workout and I'm going to do meditate. And I'm going to like, I, yeah, it was pretty much that I was, I had, like, pretty much had no one in the house to talk to except for like the producers at this point. So I made really good friends with some of the producers on the show hmm. because of it. So once this thing ended and obviously you weren't chosen, you go back, you got two months before the show even is announced as a television show. You have to go live your life knowing that this happened and this was the ending. Um, but now there's some stuff floating around online that I have to ask you about because there's mm-hmm. everyone wants to know. Last night when the finale aired or after the finale aired, obviously we all know that Amanda and Kurt are no longer together. So immediately mm-hmm. everyone turns to, there's no way that Kurt hasn't tried to get a hold of uh, of Carolyn since the show ended, and or not since the show ended, since the breakup with Amanda, because he's single. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Someone tweeted, "Should we place bets that Kurt's been in Carolyn's DMs?" And you quote tweeted it, saying, "Coughs in Spanish." So, um, yeah. so have you been in contact with? Has he tried to hit you up to try and rekindle something since the show? Or since I, I mean, say since the show, since the breakup, I would answer that with "Is my name Carolyn?" <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew it <laughs> literally, like, do, like it was just clockwork. It was just like, yeah. I mean, he was in my DMs immediately. I, like, I knew exactly when they broke up because he was as in, answering to my like. It was just yeah. He's the whole the whole nine, and you know, he apologized um, for not picking me essentially, um, and admitted that he made a huge mistake and that. He was sorry for embarrassing me, which I told him that he did not embarrass me. Um, I'm not humiliated that you did not choose me on TV. It was your decision. 
Um, you felt that I wasn't your person and it is what it is, but I did feel like you wasted my time. And there was a lot, obviously a lot more conversations, but he wanted to make sure that I knew that he made, Hey, I made a a big mistake. Okay. So by him, by him saying that and doing that, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was it then followed by, I want to see if we can rekindle something. Is this, is this some sort of reconciliation going to happen or you just, you're out because of what happened on the show and you're just kind of, it's been five months since all that. I don't, you know, I don't want to deal with it or. It's just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. It's like he wanted to see me in private and I'm not going to keep anything a secret. So we were kind of waiting for the show to be over. But at the same time, I'm just like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to speak too much on it other than like, I wish him the best and we probably weren't meant to be. And it's not our time. If it's not our time, you know, Obviously, he's going to be dating other people. I'm going to be dating other people. And I think that mine and Kurt's thing is that whenever we were in a room together, it was undeniably, like, electric. So, like, or intense. So, like, the fact that we haven't seen each other, we can kind of keep it at bay. Um, The moment we're, like, forced to see each other, like, I was, like, expecting a reunion or something. It would have been an issue because, like, we wouldn't have been able to, like... That's just the way we've always been. Um, But because we've been able to stay apart, I think that, like, you know, he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. And I'm not really like focused on that right now. Um, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And at the, at this point, it's just, it doesn't seem like the right thing. Um, yeah, I just, it's not something that I'm like really worried about, but yeah, it's, he definitely wanted to definitely wanted to, um, rekindle things I'd say. But up to this point, just, uh, you have not physically seen him. It's just been no. communication Mm-mm. through DM and maybe text or whatever, just stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, definitely, definitely, definitely a lot of communication. <laughs> when, so when did I, I, Amanda said they broke up um, beginning like in December ish. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was immediately after that. Like that's it. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. And it's been continuous yep. since then still. Yeah. I broke it off oh, okay. um, like a few weeks ago and it was just like, what is, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain, but it's just like a weird, this whole entire thing is really weird. Um, but yeah, it's very definitely continuous. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a hell of an experience to say the least. I mean, this is, this isn't, mm-hmm. this isn't a normal way to date somebody or meet somebody and competing with other women. Is that a big thing with you? Uh, the, com- I mean, when I spoke to Amanda, she seemed to think that with you, it was, you're just very, it, it turned into a competition and you were, while you liked Kurt, that there was a competition, a competitive side to you where the winning aspect of it, um, the thing for me is like, I had nothing to do with competition for me. That's actually something that was like always asked. I was like, oh, do you feel like you're, there's competition? I'm like, I'm not worried about anyone else, but I'm just focused on being the best me I can be, be an offer, like, and showing who I am as a person so that the boys have all the information at hand to make a decision. Like, I didn't want to win. I wanted to leave with Kurt because I liked Kurt. Like, that was the end of the story. It wasn't like I, for me, like if me leaving with Kurt meant not winning, then I would have done that. But like, you know, at the point when we got to know each other enough, um, it had nothing to do with winning. And that's the crazy part about that whole thing is like, uh, Amanda would pull me off to the side when we were on mic and she'd say things like, you know, I'm not into any of these guys. I'm moving to New York and I'd like to be single, you know, for at least a year while I live in New York. I'm like, okay, cool. And then the cameras would come around and she'd be like, oh, you know, I'm actually falling for Kurt and I'm feeling these things and it's getting hard. I'm like, I would look at her and be like, are you talking to me? Like we just talked about this in the bathroom on Mike, and you said you weren't into them at all. So if anyone was in competition and I don't want to speak anything badly about Amanda, but like 
for me, I felt the feelings I felt for Kurt since day one. So like I was in it for that, you know, I wasn't in it to win, like to win. I was in it to leave with him. So like, yeah, if that means winning, then sure. But um, if I was in it to win, it would be more like me trying to build a connection with someone like Steven. And I didn't have anything with Steven. Um, I don't know how else to explain it, but yeah, I'm very competitive in terms of like athletic and like sports. Cause I've always been in sports, but like when it comes to love, like, you're compatible with who you're compatible with and you're going to like who you're going to like. And that's a matter of the heart, not a matter of competitions. Well, speaking of that, when I was checking out your Instagram to uh, just see if there's anything on there I could pick up, you've got a hell of a jump shot. I'll tell you that. Like, did you play ball? <laughs> did you play ball growing up? And did you play in high school or something? Because mm-hmm. you have a really good jump shot. Great form. Thank I mean, you. You, uh, you. I mean, you put a, there was a couple, there was videos where you're, dribbling between your legs behind your back laying mm-hmm, mm-hmm, did you play mm-hmm. you must have i i played eight years of basketball i actually played varsity and i played aau in the summer so yeah i played a lot of basketball um okay. that was the sport that came most naturally to me but i also played varsity volleyball varsity softball i play tennis and golf now i mean yeah i've always been really into sports so are you a florida girl you born and raised or spent most of your time there is it i'm first first generation immigrant i'd say i was born in dominican republic and i moved to New Jersey when I was five years old. And then I moved down to Florida when I was 10. So I've, yeah, Florida's literally hometown. So. Gotcha. And you've been in Orlando ever since basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've worked and traveled out of Orlando. Um, so like with my jobs and stuff, I lived in Qatar at one point. I lived in New York, lived in Ponte Vedra. Um, I used to manage, um, uh, like multimillion dollar properties for, um, very, very, uh, elite. And, um, uh, I'd say, like very important families. Um, so when the whole question came into mind, like, did you, who did you know had the money? I was like, immediately knew it was Steven. So this whole aspect of you're a gold digger and you wanted Kurt for his money. First of all, Kurt and I hit it off first night before I even found out anything about the money. Um, and I, I managed 140 acre property for a, a billionaire family, like when I was 23 years old. And I did that as an estate manager. And I was also did it for a Russian oligarch when I was 25, 24 years old for two and a half years. So I've been around money. I, I know who has money. I know, you know, who speaks, like, I know flashiness, like billionaires do not flash anything. Anyone with money doesn't flash anything. And Kurt was a bit flashy. So, you know, Stephen was well-spoken. I knew how the money from the first day. So when people are like, Oh, you wanted Kurt for his money. I was like, okay, well, do you, how can you explain the first night when we locked eyes and I didn't know anything about the money. So it's just, it's just funny to me through those business dealings. Is that how, you know, Michael Rubin, is that how you know that whole side? My best friend is actually his girlfriend. They've been together for like seven or eight years. Um, oh, the, uh, so we're just, Cam- we're Camilla, we're like, Camilla, right. Or Camille. What's her name? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. Best friends. Uh, Camille. Yeah. Camille. We're yeah. Well, Yeah. Yeah. Very close, very close friends, best friends. So Camille and I used to live together. We're, we're best friends, but like Michael's my best, best friend friend. Like, yeah. So, oh, okay. but yeah. no, Michael has nothing to do with that. It was just, that's okay. my best that's friend's you... boyfriend. Oh, okay. I didn't know. No, 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 no. And he's, he's part owner or of the Sixers, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure this is all public record and I rather not yeah. speak on his like, but no, I yeah, I, I was just, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So what, so what, where do you go from here? Like what, obviously there's, as you mentioned, kind of stuff going on with the car, kind of not. It's just like, you're kind of over it. You said you ended it a couple of weeks ago in terms of just the talking and maybe 
down the line you'll pick it up or whatever, but you just don't know because he might meet somebody, you might meet somebody, you might be seeing somebody right now, whatever. You know, you're gonna everyone's gonna date and and do their thing. Um, but what is what is in store for Carolyn Moore moving forward? Um, I want to I guess make it clear that the world doesn't revolve around Joe Millionaire and uh, or Kurt. So um, <laughs> that was a relationship that happened obviously very publicly, and whether it happens or not, it has at this point. You know, I don't know. It's just not really like a focus. My business expanding, obviously, you know, being the best mom I can be to my son and just, you know, living life like I do, um, experience to experience and just traveling and, you know, having fun with my friends. And um, I would say my main focus right now is expanding my business. And um, yeah, I just continue building this like empire that I've that I've started, you know, several years ago. Um, yeah. Could you I think that'd be? Could you see yourself doing reality TV again? Just having gone through the experience and, you know, I asked Andy this earlier about just being away for X amount of time, whether it's a month or two months, but just not only that, but being closed off from the world, you know, no music, no internet, no TV, no uh, texting, no phone calls with family, anything like that. Just the whole idea, not necessarily another dating show or anything like that, but if anything in the reality Mm -hmm. TV realm presented itself to you i asked annie and she's like absolutely 1000 percent. i would i she goes i loved it i loved the whole experience being around you know camera crews and producers or whatever is it the same for you or are you just like i did it once not for me you know, i've i've been around like i've been behind the camera so like my sorry behind the camera in front of the camera i used to model a little bit it's like i think it's mostly like that's actually it, that was my favorite part was being separated from everything it was kind of like rehab uh technology rehab um I, I, you know what, like you just built such a bond with like the length of the camera guys, like the producers and the girls, like I'd say I do it again. I have more of an insight on what happens. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't have any regrets because I was completely myself, um, the entire time, which is why when the decision was made at the end where he didn't choose me, I was like, okay, cool. Like this is, it's, I'm fine with it. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was heartbroken. Like months after filming, I was absolutely heartbroken for like two or three months. Like the weirdest feeling I've ever felt, I think was also coming off the bubble and production and all that stuff. Um, it was like very, 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 uh, very strange, uh, period of time. But like in terms of filming and doing that again, I think, yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm turned off from it. I think I'm just more prepared now if I were to do it again. When you watched the show back, were you disappointed in how the edit portrayed you and you know, uh, dealing with online trolls? Because you were the only person, 100%. I think, that got a lot of negativity from fans. I don't think anybody else. One hundred percent. I mean, it wasn't like I, you know, the fight with me and Kurt was made up. Like it happened. And the thing with me is like drama. When people are like, "Oh, this is so much drama," I'm like, "But it's just two people who are dating having a conversation. Maybe I could have handled it a little bit, a little bit better." But we had been drinking. You know, we hadn't slept all day, and I. Was I felt my feelings were really hurt, and I thought I made it clear to him earlier in the day that if he was going to explore his relationships, you know, if he could at least do it off to the side, and you know, with him making it very clear that he didn't want me to pursue um, Stephen, I thought he would be more, you know, apt to 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 that request, and um, my like I said, my conversation with him was off to the side, away from even cameras at some points. Um, so like the people that like the girls that were on the, the bonfire, you know, they didn't hear any of that. So, um, 
I think a lot of things were omitted. Um, him apologizing and admitting that he was wrong. Him going, I was absolutely in the wrong and I apologize and I was, I should have made a better decision. And you're completely right. Like I shouldn't have done that. Those things were omitted. Um, and if they were added, it would show that Kurt was not in the right. And he agreed with everything I said. Um, but it was shown like I was just pretty much telling him off and he was just taking it, which was not true. You know, we were, he had a conversation. He was very much in that conversation. And, um, yeah, I, I just think a lot of things were omitted in terms of like my personality and who I am as a person, why I react the way I do and why I'm the way I am. Um, yeah, I think that's, and you know, dealing with online trolls, that is a whole separate thing on its own. Like, were you surprised by it? 100%. So like, when people were like, oh, she's narcissist and jealous and possessive, initially it hurt my feelings because I'm like, that's what I ran away from, you know, my previous relationship. So when they're calling me that, I'm like, it's triggering because I'm like, that's exactly why I left the relationship I was in. Um, and, you know, my ex wasn't possessive or anything. He, you know, he had his his problems and I don't want to really go too much into that. But then I realized they just, re- these people really don't know me. That's what they're saying. Um, but then it's just like when the people thought they knew me from those 20 minutes of TV once a week. I'm just like, you just, you have no clue. Um, you know, with therapy once a week and with just, you know, talking to my producers every week, I started to realize that people are just miserable and it's really sad. And I actually started feeling for them more than I started like feeling bad about myself. Um, but it was, it's, it's still really, it's still really difficult. Like I can see why people have a hard time with this. Um, and I just think my message is, to, to people is like you don't know what someone's gone through or what they're going through so for you to like sit there and literally be, like be belligerent about someone online is just very sad like yeah well annie annie had a good point when she when i when i mentioned it to her because she obviously she didn't get it very much negativity at all but she's been through the pageant world so she's dealt with pageant trolls before but basically it's just like hey these people don't know you and basically unless it's a friend or family members that actually know Carolyn Moore, just don't let the stranger's negativity get to you. And I I know it's easier said than done because there are some things that are biting and they, you know, they pick apart fucking everything, you know, whether it's what you wore, your hair, your hair a particular day, your makeup, how you look in a bikini. Like they just go after anything they can. And Mm -hmm, it just, it's got, it can't be easy, but just remember and just kind of stay rooted to yourself. Like people that don't know you don't matter. And they don't pay, right. you know, they don't pay your bills and it right. just, who cares? And I know it's easy to be honest, to be honest with you, it's, it's, um, it's help, it's help business. So, um, well, that's good. That's kind of a, a plus side to it. Yeah. So, so Carolyn, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, thank you so much. I'm glad we were able to have this talk and get to get to know you a little bit more than obviously the 40 minutes of, uh, Joe millionaire that we got for, for 10 weeks. So, right. um, I appreciate you doing this. I really, um, uh, I enjoyed the conversation. And I, I hope people see a different side of you that wasn't shown on TV. Thank you so much for having me and uh, giving me the opportunity to show a different side to me. Um, yeah, I think it was very well needed. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And uh, keep in touch. Good luck in the future mm-hmm. with, your, with your with your business. And yeah. Uh, yeah, good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. So, yeah, there is Carolyn Moore. I told you she didn't hold back. And... Where it goes from here, I have no idea. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I recorded with Carolyn on Friday. It just so happened that last night on his Instagram story, Kurt posted about, what was the exact, I don't want to misquote him, 
Um, but the exact quote, well, well, so I don't want to misquote him. He said, no, I do not regret. I don't regret not choosing Carolyn. Well, if you listen to that, of what she just said, I mean, it sounds like that's not what he told her. So again, he said, she said, I, I, I don't want to make this uh back and forth and, you know, uh, we'll just have to take it from here and, and see what happens. But I hope you all enjoyed that because I know I did. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Much appreciated. And wow, um, a lot of Joe Millionaire coverage. I was able to get you the final couple with Stephen and Kayla. I got you Amanda last week as well. You got the two women who weren't chosen at the end. I, I feel like my job is done here in the Joe Millionaire world. I hope you all enjoyed that podcast. Hopefully coming up. Temptation Island starts tomorrow night on USA. I've seen the first episode. It's a very straightforward first episode because you got to get to know the couples and you know what happens on the first episode. They get to meet the singles and you get to meet the couples and the couples get their last moments with their significant others. And there are a lot of tears shed for sure. So it's a pretty standard first episode, but it's good. And you get to start developing who you like and who you don't like of the couples. And I, to me, they're all likable. They really are. Um, I think you'll think Luke is kind of goofy. And I think some people will have an opinion on Luke more negative than positive. Maybe everyone else. I I think you're, I I think you will enjoy those couples and I I can't wait to see it play out. I've only seen the first episode, but check that out. It's on USA tonight or excuse me, tomorrow night, Wednesday nights on USA at uh, nine, eight central. I believe so for Andy Jorgensen, And Carolyn Moore, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. See ya!